It's time to get back into our study of 1 Peter. I'm Phil Robertson, joined by Mark Lloyd Sr. And Mark, you doing okay? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, I'm great. And I just noticed I've got one, two, about seven, eight, and I got nine pages of notes. What do you got? I've got the Bible. Oh. <laughs> you were sitting on that one. You felt something was coming when I pulled out all these pages. You good night. You're on a roll, aren't you? Well, you better be on a roll because today's a big day in your family. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's right. Diana's birthday. Yeah, so you got something planned? Uh, of course. We, yes, the whole right. family. Yes, we do. Right. Well, very good. Just making sure you're okay there. Uh, would you tell her we all said happy birthday? Yes. You would, please. Uh, but no looking at my notes. Let me just get back to that. You just, I don't need it. Yeah, apparently I you don't. Bible. Well, let's just look. His notes were already in there. Let's just be honest. That's great. That is great. Well, if you've been following along with us, you know that we are in First Peter, and our subject is really uh, what Peter is talking about overall, and that is being tested by fire, but we haven't got to the fire yet. Just about to. Yeah. Here it comes. Uh, he's actually been speaking to Christians about strengthening their own faith and their trust in the Lord, and then he has spent a lot of time on submission and humility and following in the steps of Jesus uh, in that regard. And last, last week, we talked about submission within the family. Submission, submission, submission. He, he had an idea that he wanted to get across right. to people. He was on a mission. And so now he's taking it a step further as we just about are ready to get into the fire part. And he's going to talk about really what is the good life. And that's kind of the way I see this section of 1 Peter. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, and I'll begin reading in verse 8. And we were actually discussing verse 8 in and of itself would be a, yes. a decent class. You could probably end right there at the semicolon. And make your five points and then yeah. consider it uh, a yeah. good, good lesson off of the invitation and everybody can go home. Right. <laughs> uh, but we're going to read a little further not sure if we'll get into it all, but uh, we're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'll begin reading in verse 8. You ready to roll? Yes. Okay. Finally, all of you, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that is in you. Yet you do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience... So that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than 
for doing evil. Well, as you can see, after reading through all that, there's a lot there to cover, but it certainly all fits into the context of what Peter is throwing out to us next is, here is the good life, or you might say a full life as a Christian. Is that how you see it, Mark? It's, I see he's saying to us, you need to be good people. Well, you need to be good people. And now I'm going to give you the adjectives to describe what the goodness is. And this is the kind of people you're supposed to be. And 8 and 9 is a sermon within itself. Yeah. It's just... Well, and what's interesting, if we listen to Peter's definition, and it's just like the Lord's, no surprise there, the good life isn't the way the world would typically describe no. the good life or being good people. Uh, it may actually mean that you suffer. But when you suffer, suffer like the Lord. We talk about human nature. And that's a nebulous term to mm -hmm. me. The Lord made us human, but he gave us soul and flesh. When people start talking about human nature, I think they're talking about what the flesh would be commonly like. We're, through Scripture, we're being told it should be the spirit, the soul, that is ruling us. I, the spirit and the soul would not be like what we characterize as human nature. So mm -hmm. I always am concerned about that term. God made us people that should be wanting to do good. All Peter is saying here is, be what the Lord would want you to be, what he made you to be. Well, and sometimes it would be as if we're doing the opposite of what we may feel like doing, because uh, it, it challenges the will. Yes. It challenges the human nature, if you will, uh, using your line there. So if you've got the study guide, and we've, we've got a study guide for you, uh, if you do not have a study guide, shoot us an email, and we'll send one to you for this lesson. Uh, verse 8, and that's what Mark was saying. Verse 8 is a lesson within itself. There's five strong points here that fit in. Well, what are the five components of having the right attitude? What's the five, you might say, characteristics of somebody who is a good person in the eyes of the Lord? And so the first one would be there's unity of mind, a desire to get along with others, to be unified with others. Secondly, there's a heart of compassion. There's sympathy. Uh, what... what Translation do you have? I have the New American, and it's sympathetic. The sympathetic. first one is harmonious. Yeah, yeah, the harmonious, harmonious. just says harmonious and, and instead of human. Yeah. yeah, and then the third point would be brotherly love, and, and that's just like what we would say with the Greek word phileo, yeah. uh, to have affection for one another, just like Paul writes about in Romans 12, outdo one another in showing honor. The, the fourth aspect of it would be have a tender heart, yeah. uh, which certainly would go along with sympathy, but... What's interesting, this this idea of tenderness here, if you were to look at it in the Greek, it would be the idea of having strong bowels. Yep. In other words, you've got deep feelings. You're, you're not just emotionless. Uh, you, you have that tender heart for others. And then the fifth aspect, as, as Peter records here in just this one verse, is humility of mind. Yeah. Humble, Humble in spirit. So... Five components of the right attitude. Unity, sympathy, brotherly love, tenderheartedness, a humble mind. He is directing this to Christians to behave this way all the time. Right. Uh, this is, it's like what I think uh, Paul said in Galatians 6.10, uh, 
as the time allows us, do good unto all men. But then he goes on to say, especially those of the household of faith. So I look right back at this passage here. We are to be acting this way to everyone. Right. And be as harmonious as you can be and sympathetic to others as you should be and brotherly kind or brotherly kindness and kind-hearted and humble. But how even much more so should we be that way towards our own brethren? Yeah. And this this passage right here. Wow. This is difficult. <laughs> I mean, it's it's okay for everybody else to behave this way, but when it comes to me, I can maybe be, um, maybe I don't have to be quite as sympathetic as I want you to be towards me. Well, as if as if as if Peter's kind of kind of putting his fist down on the pulpit just to remind you, verse nine yeah. is almost a repetition of the end of chapter two, to following the example of Jesus. By the way, here's what I yeah. told you: don't revile when you are reviled. If you all didn't yeah. understand verse eight, let me explain it to you in verse nine. Yeah. That's here's, what he's doing. Here, here's how this works. Yes, here's exactly. how, you're going to be one who's going to be paid evil. Don't repay it in kind. Yes. Don't repay it in kind. If if there's a verbal shootout at the not okay corral, yes. Somebody's got to holster their tongue weapon, and and it needs to be you, and you're going to give the blessing instead of the curse. It, it's kind of like the proverb says: a gentle answer turns away wrath. Well, let it be you, says Peter, and Peter says this is the good law. Yes. Uh, the person who can do this doesn't live with as many regrets in life. Uh, as well, but it's also the blessed life. Uh, for this, you were called. You know, we hear a lot about callings. You know, where were you called? Where were you? You're called to preach. You're called to say and the other. Well, this is a calling for everybody. This is the Christian calling. This is what the Lord wants out of His people. That's that's what you've been called to be yeah. like. Your actions is evil for evil. Your mouth is insult for insult. So he's getting you both going and coming. Mm -hmm. uh, you might say, well, I didn't, I wasn't evil towards him, but I certainly was saying a few things about him. Uh, well, you just got it in the insult for insult. Yeah. You just have to be careful. That's not what you were called to be like. And, and, and the ultimate thing is to obtain a blessing. Uh, the, the blessed life is the life that is living in 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 harmony with Jesus, uh, and it's it's the life that is seeking what's better for others than yourself. It's it's a life that doesn't have to live with guilt or shame. Yes. Uh, even when you are the one that is the victim of what is evil, uh, Satan has a way of trapping us, doesn't he? You know, it's not only just somebody hitting you with maybe a verbal onslaught. But then your reply can get you in trouble as well. You know? How many times have you said to yourself, and, and you in the audience, I should have never said, I that. Should have said that. I shouldn't have said that. And always understand, if a word is expressed, it's out there. Mm -hmm. That's something you can never take back. So if you've said it, it's out there. Yeah, you ever had that moment where you... Uh, 
were insulted and somebody just let you dumbfounded and yeah. as soon as they walk away you thought of the best reply and the greatest zinger <laughs> in the world and then you're really mad because you didn't get to say it but he said here you shouldn't have said it well well my point is maybe your guardian angel grabbed yeah. your tongue for you so right. so you couldn't say it That's and right. did you a huge favor because yeah. generally it may have felt good at the moment right. i got them back but then you're later you're going oh i shouldn't have said I that i should have not said <laughs> how many times do we go through life yeah oh i should not have said that wish I could get that back uh, would you please forgive me for what I have just said that's fine to say we should be saying that more often but you said it and he's saying here prepare yourself to not be the person who's going to say that not jumping too far ahead but I'd like for us to notice where Peter is leading with this good behavior and good life it's so that we can be powerful ambassadors for Christ. Yes. So that when somebody goes, what? Mark, you didn't act like somebody else. What? You were super not... Yeah. What? That you are now going to give a reason for that hope that is in you. That, well, why did you do that differently? Why are your interests different? And, and, and that whole conversation that we're hoping to have with somebody is to lead them to Jesus. Well, why would you want to lead somebody someplace where they can find that anywhere in the world where they can't find Christ likeness everywhere in the world. And that the opposite is just is how can you be acting like the world and then anticipate that you can go tell somebody about Christ. Right. What are they going to do? You're going to say, well I want to sanctify Christ as in my heart and I'm going to start to say something to you about Christ. They're going to look at you and say that's not the person I've seen. That's not the person I've heard. That's not the person. Uh, you're not representing that. So you have had to be representing that to then be able to do what verse 15 says. You've had to live that kind of life. And so when somebody asks you, wow, you're different. If you can't tell people, they can't tell that you're different yeah. from the world, you're going to have a hard time talking to them about Christ. Yeah. Uh, verses uh, 10 through 12 uh, are in italics and, and, and set apart. And, and they speak to us from the standpoint of, it's as if Peter is using, here's a citation to back up everything I've been telling you. It's the idea, if you want to really love life, you want to see good days, which I would say, enjoy your days, mm -hmm. hold on to your tongue. Yes. Hold on to your tongue and, and turn away from evil. And, and do all you can to seek peace. Boy, and that's something we need right now in the world around us. You know, peace seekers and pursue it. Uh, verse 12, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Now we're getting back to prayers, kind of like we talked about with yes. husbands uh, last week. But what, what a comforting passage that is. It's as if Paul is also, when he was speaking to Timothy, the Lord knows who are his. Don't, don't think he doesn't see. But the Lord sees the righteous. This is Scripture. This is what Paul is talking about in Timothy. This is Scripture. This is what Peter says at the end of the time. We can now add Paul's writings to this Scripture. So we have a Scripture here in the Old Testament is just as important, means just as much, because it's now quoted here. So the Lord hadn't changed. No. This is what he looks for in his people. And so this is scripture saying this to us. 
Peter's saying, I can't say it any better than, <laughs> than David did yeah. in the Psalms. So I might as well just say what David said. He's like any good preacher. Let me quote a good source. Yes. Uh, King me, David works for me yes, here. Here's my me, citation. Let me just say what, what David said in Psalms. And it's, it fits. And if you know your Bible history, David knows what it's like to be slandered. Yes. David knows what it's like to be pursued. David knew what it was like uh, to have evil surround him. Uh, he knew a spear going by his spear, head. Yeah. yeah, from the king of all <laughs> people. The king. Uh, and, and then he extends mercy uh, to Saul because uh, the Lord's watching. Yes. The Lord's watching. Uh, verse 13, uh, to be zealous for what is good. Sum up, sums up what he's been saying in these other passages. That's exactly what we should be. You know what's evil. You know what's good. What is the Lord asking you to do? Be zealous for good. Well, and the idea of zeal is like a burning fire. Yes. It's a desire, something burning within us to do what is good. But it's the Lord's definition of good. And, and again, we go back and look at verses 8 and 9. This is that definition of good. You know, what is good? Here's good. Uh, it's not often the way the world describes it. But here's good and be zealous for those opportunities. And look at the circumstance. And who is there to harm you? Well, in this case, uh, the Roman government, yep. uh, the Judaizing teachers, the people in that area who are out to kill you. And so, who is there to harm you? What are you still supposed to be doing? Zealous for good works. Yeah. Zealous to be good. That is an amazing. An amazing situation. Today, in this day and age, all sorts of things are going on around us. But what are we supposed to be? Zealous to do good. That's what God wants. That's our calling. Uh, I find it interesting, uh, verse 14, he, he brings to mind the concept of fear. Uh, fear is a powerful motivator in many ways. Uh, it's almost as if he's now quoting directly from the words of Jesus when Jesus shared with to him and the other apostles in Matthew 10, uh, the commission, have no fear of what yeah. men will do to you. They're going to throw you out of the synagogue. They're, they're going to beat you. You have no fear of them. Um, and Peter, well, and John were living examples of this. Yes. Uh, the first time they were beaten by the authorities. Remember how excited they were? You know, they were rejoicing. We got to suffer for the Lord's sake. We, we don't fear man. We respect the Lord. And Peter's saying, even if you suffer, even if you suffer, even if somebody attacks you for the sake of Christ, remember, you're blessed in that. That does you a favor. Now, that's kind of an odd way of putting it, isn't it? Yes, it is. How's that favorable? Oh, bless. Who are your blessings? Oh, I got beat up the other day. It was great. For the Lord's sake. Yeah, for the Lord's sake. Yeah. I represented the Lord, and I it had terrible things happen to me. And the Lord's saying... Well, you did it properly. You did it for my name. I bless you for that. Yeah. Uh, regarding Christ as holy, uh, not sure how your Bible, uh, your translation uh, reads that next. Uh, verse sanctify. 15, sanctify. Yeah. Sanctify the but Lord. Sanctify Christ Jesus as Lord in your heart. In your heart. Um, so you would describe that then as? Set him apart in your heart. Yeah. Uh, I see it as kind of elevating. Yes. You know, um, I have a lot of affections I may have in life, but this one's the first and foremost affection. 
uh, it's set apart. It's the most important. Uh, and, and because he has that place, uh, our hearts shouldn't be troubled. And we are honoring him as our Lord. This is the Lord. Uh, if you go back, remember in chapter 2, when he talks about being submission, be honor the emperor. Fear God, honor the emperor. Well, that's a challenging statement. Yes. But who's our ultimate emperor? Who's the Christ. ultimate Lord? He's Lord. our king. He's our king. Yeah. He is the Lord, and this is how you honor him. You know, walking in his steps. And I think... I think that's something that we've got to really chew on sometimes is understanding that the Lord's position in our heart has to be first and foremost. Truly transcends everything else. It is truly sanctified and set It's a apart. reinforcement. You, you think if you've been in a, a dire circumstance, if you have something within you that reinforces and makes you feel more comfortable or makes you feel better under whatever circumstance, that's what he's saying here. If you have Christ in your heart, if you set him at that level he needs to be set, whatever comes to you, you have a reinforcement. You have a comfort there that man doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. And because you have Christ in your heart. And so, even more so, I'm going to let you know why I feel this way. That's what he's saying here. I'm going to be ready to tell you why I feel the way I feel. I'm, I'm defending how I'm behaving here because I have sanctified Christ in my heart. That's the defense part in verse 15. And, and, and to some degree, you could almost say that Paul, I mean, Peter's telling all of us there, there's, there's a great opportunity in this persecution. Yes. Uh, don't look at the persecution as just something that's totally negative. No, this, this could be very positive. This will give you the opportunity to stick out and be different. And you may, Lord willing, be able to give evidence or a defense for what you believe. Uh, the word apologia, uh, if you've ever heard that Greek word, is simply evidences. Here's the evidence for what I do. Here's the evidence for what I believe. What was Paul doing in Rome when he was in prison? What? He was converting the Praetorian Guard. I mean, he was preaching the gospel to those soldiers uh, who was there. Well, he had done it once in Philippi before. Yeah, that's I mean, right. he had great success yes, with those guys. And that's what he was doing again. Yeah. And yeah. so whatever my circumstance, what am I doing? I'm sanctifying Christ. I am showing whomever I'm talking to what's important in my, in my life. You know, it probably was pretty weird for everybody in that prison in Philippi to have Paul and Silas singing. Singing. You know. What are you guys doing? They said they were listening, but it, it may have been, what? <laughs> are you guys, have you and, had too and, much to drink? And, and, well, and they were the inner dungeon. Yes. I mean, they were down yes. in the bottomless pit, yes. if you will. Uh, it, it was not the uh, sweet holding cell at the top. No. Uh, and yet they were rejoicing and apparently moved the guard, you know, with just their song and then certainly uh, how they responded different from everybody when uh, the earthquake hit. But nonetheless, it's a pattern for us to follow. Uh, and, and I think it's also interesting to see that Peter reminds all of us, it is better to suffer for doing good than to just have the traditional suffering that comes to all men from doing evil. Yes. To me, that's just the consequences of sin, right? You know, 
But if you suffer for doing good, that's good suffering. That is good. And it almost sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? That was good pain, you know. But there's a reason why we do that. And that, that's what was said in verse 15. There is a hope. That, that little four little word or letter word there, hope. Wow, that has so much meaning to it. All of these things may be happening to it. I may be being slandered. I may be being thrown in prison. I may be having all these things happen to me. But I am, I am putting up with them. Why? Because I have a hope. I'm going to heaven. Right. I'm going to be in heaven with the Lord. What a hope that is. And so all of these things, I'm ready to suffer. Keep a good conscience in the things in which you're slandered. Okay, he's saying bad things about me, but I know I've done right. I've done what is right. Well, and I didn't revile in return. And, and, and I, I, I didn't revile in return as well. I, everything I did, it was mm -hmm. with gentleness and reverence. You're not in a debate here. Many times when we get into an argument over Scripture, our attitudes and our dispositions may leave the gentleness and reverence and begin to be antagonistic. He's saying here, no, you do this with gentleness and reverence and keep that good conscience. And if they still come after you and things happen to you because of your good behavior, yeah. it, it's okay. You know, it's I, okay. Isn't it interesting? These were people that were going to really be suffering greatly. <laughs> They're going to lose I, their lives very likely. They were going to lose their lives, lose their property, jobs lose for family. sure, property potentially, yeah. any number of things. Everything they have may be taken away from them. And yet, it's the yeah. Lord is saying, if you suffer in my name's sake, that is a blessing to you. So we make the application to ourselves today. Our suffering may not be as physical as theirs, severe. But boy, how could we apply all this to our interaction on social media? Uh, how could you apply all this to your interaction with those who have differing views from you in the world right now that yeah. is so filled with rage? How could you apply these principles in just daily interaction with people who may not be attacking you, but they're just totally unhappy and, and they're living in despair they need to see the good life. This is opportunity. And, and I almost get the impression this is Peter's Evangelism 101 class right here. Here's how you share the gospel. It, it begins with you, not so much your message verbally. Uh, it could be verbally by not reviling, the blessing, but more importantly, how you live your life. Yeah, harmonious. Yeah, harmonious. <laughs> go back, are you going back to Brotherly, again? kind-hearted and humble. Wow, if you live that life like that under any circumstance and not rendering evil for evil or insult for insult, then these things may happen to you, but the Lord is going to bless you and you have a hope to be in heaven. Well, how about we just leave it with that? Goal for the day and every day, then. 1 Peter 3, verse 8. Yes. All of you, unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, and a humble mind. That'll preach. I think that's a good place to stop today. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll pick it up in verse 18 next time. And again, if you would like one of the study guides, uh, let us know. And we will certainly send one to you. And Mark, let me just say you did a good job without notes. 
You I did appreciate good. It. I appreciate it. You did good. I, I only looked at a few of mine. There was no way I know. to get yeah, all you, of them. You, but, yeah, you know. you just had so a, just in case you forgot you, something, I'd have you, had you covered there. <laughs> oh, before, before yes. we leave, oh, but, I just want, I want us to be prepared, especially you, to talk about uh, oh. Jesus uh, speaking to the spirits in prison <laughs> in these next few verses. Oh, I let it go. <laughs> That's my fault. I knew that was coming up. I knew. So, we're all going to wait to hear what what Phil says about this. Jesus speaking to the spirits in prison. Is Gerald in his office? No, he's not even here. He's not even here. Where is Gerald when you need him? All right, next week we'll talk about going to prison with the spirits. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. You're having fun. That's twice I am. now. That's right. You better be prepared. <laughs> Read ahead. <laughs> uh, well, since we just talked about not reviling in the That's right. I hope you have a wonderful day. No insult day. for insult right now. Well, go have a great birthday party I, I, with I your wife, it. will you? Yes, All right. Sir. All right. Thank you all so very much for joining us. God bless you, and we pray that you are living the good life, sanctifying the Lord Jesus in your heart. Good night. Good night, brother. <laughs>